And what's up, everybody? Welcome in a very, very special episode today. This is not GC Live. This is a special episode presented by Garnet Trust. We're going to tell you a little bit about what the Garnet Trust is here in a moment. Garnet Trust officially launching today. I am, of course, Wes Mitchell. He is Chris Clark, both of GamecockCentral.com. Joined by a very special guest today on this Monday afternoon. We got Jason Brown, uh, quarterback, uh, going to join us and, and talk a little bit of ball, talk about his trip to South Carolina. Uh, Jason, how are we doing today, man? I'm good. How are you? I, I'm great, man. We, we really appreciate you making the time. I, I know um, one, one thing we've talked about during these other interviews we have done is sort of the the daily life of, of a student athlete. It's uh, I, I think it's busier than any fan ever even realizes, um, just the day-to-day, man. So uh, we, we appreciate you taking the time. We appreciate you chatting with us. And, and that's kind of where I wanted to start. I, I know um, – Obviously, for everybody in, in your building over there, Saturday didn't go the way anybody really hoped for. But I, I wanted to talk a little bit about just um, kind of that process. You're you're getting back, I'm sure, at some point, pretty late from the trip. Um, what, what what is the schedule as far as um, like literally? When when do you hop on the plane from Columbia, Missouri? When when do you get back in Columbia, South Carolina? When are you in the building next? Like, what had the last I guess you would say like 36 hours been like for a Gamecock student athlete. Uh, so whenever we finished with the game, we hopped on the, we hopped on the bus. We had to take a two hour trip to the airport actually. And uh, we didn't get to the airport till about nine 30. I believe we took off at about 10 30 uh, central time. So, I mean, we didn't land in Columbia, South Carolina until about 1230, 12, 1230. So we didn't get back to the facility till about one one fifteen or so. Whenever we had got everything situated there, and then we took off from there, and then we're in the building the next day. You got to be in here for treatment by twelve thirty. So I mean, we have we had some guys in here for some treatment just to get their body right, and then um, you got for the guys that weren't banged up at all. You got to be in the building at two thirty, and then we're in here from then until seven o'clock. And then we're free the rest of the night. And then Mondays we're usually off, but we have a lot of guys up here watching film right now, like our entire line, our quarterbacks, our receivers are all up here right now, just watching and trying to get better. JB, so yeah, that process of, of getting back in, you know, Shane Beamer, head coach, does his teleconference every night in the seven o'clock hour where he kind of goes over Saturday's game and previews the next game, things like that, mainly recapping the previous week. And he noted that you know, you guys did not have a practice per se on Sundays, but tell us kind of what you normally are doing on Sundays after the game. That's been kind of a talking point among fans is, does the team practice? What do they do? Coach Beamer's kind of described it a lot of times as like walkthroughs, corrections, film study. Tell, Give us a little bit more about kind of what you guys are doing on Sunday to kind of flush the previous game and then move on to the next. Uh, I mean, we here, like I said, we have that uh... – 1230 everybody's in here and each treatment and then from there I mean we're in meetings we have lift for an hour then we have meetings for about an hour hour and a half and then we're on the practice field just going over the corrections from the last game just so we can get that stuff fixed for for the coming week and then we usually have about like a 45 minute practice just to go over walkthrough and things like that and then our young guys will will uh our young guys that are that are scout team guys that are working their way up I mean they'll they'll have their own little session for about 15 minutes as well just so they can get reps as well 
by the way, if you're joining us here on YouTube or Facebook, you uh, you actually can throw your questions in the chat on either, and we're going to pick a few questions along the way. We'll throw them at JB and, and sort of make this interactive. Appreciate everybody that's hopping on here for our Garnet Trust conversation with Jason Brown. Um, Jason, let, let's go back for a minute, man. Uh, you, you make the decision to, to enter the portal. Um, I, I know uh, you and EJ Jenkins, uh, it, it seemed like we're sort of – Kind of a package deal. You're looking at some of the same schools. Uh, take us through maybe even the initial conversation. Who did you first hear from from South Carolina? Um, I, I know there, there was actually a really good story in the Athletic last week, kind of about your journey and and um, you know crediting some some different people for for sort of how that happened at South Carolina. I know Coach Eric Kimry was pretty involved. Uh, Coach Beamer, Coach Satterfield, uh, just the recruiting uh, staff as well. What was that process like going into the portal, maybe not knowing, you know, where the where your life is going to take you at that point, and then how did it kind of play out with you ending up at South Carolina? Yeah, so uh, whenever we entered the portal, I mean, it's always scary because I mean, you never know where you're going to end up. You never know if somebody's going to you never know if somebody's going to want you or if you're going to end up somewhere. So I mean, just taking that leap was scary enough, and then it took a couple days to to hear from some coaches, and then. The first coach I heard from when I was here was actually the running back coach that was here last year. I don't remember. I don't remember his name, though. But I heard from him and Kimry. And then once uh, once me and EJ had talked to them, I mean, we heard from Kimry, Coach Kimry, every single day from there until when we got here. And uh, he would just shoot us a text every single day, just checking in on us, see how our day was, and just things like that. So they were pretty – Coach Kimry definitely was pretty involved with our recruiting at uh, – we definitely felt like it was a family atmosphere here and things were going to change. And we kind of took that leap and we just had the same school offer us together. And here we are. We ended up here together again. And Jason, I want to go back even farther than that, than, than Wes is talking about to like the high school level. So, you know, you have Gamecock Central on the Rivals Network. We, uh, we know you have a rivals profile from back in the day you were what 2017 class is that right out of high school you have a profile I wish I had the picture we could bring it up Wes but I don't have it on the profile picture yet but how much attention was there in high school and like tell us a little bit about the high school recruiting process because obviously based on talent level where you are now you know you went under recruited Uh, did you get tell us a little bit about that and kind of the lack of media attention and things like that in high school? Um, it was a little slow, honestly. Uh, I mean, I got offered by St. Francis, Delaware State, um, and a couple D2 schools. But other than that, I mean, it was really slow. I didn't get my first offer till my senior year of high school. It was actually our first – our playoff game. Senior year is when I got my first offer. So it was definitely slow and frustrating just because I felt like I could play somewhere, but I wasn't – I didn't have that opportunity until late in my high school career. So it was definitely slow and frustrating, but I mean, everything happens for a reason and that's how it all worked out. So, so you end up at, at St. Francis, obviously, um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm guessing, man, was it a, was it a tough decision to leave there knowing, um, you know, you, uh, you obviously had, had, had made a name for yourself there. Y'all were having big seasons there. And um, obviously the, the fact that seasons were getting canceled and you had no guarantee that you were going to, get to play the next season as well, played a big part in that. But but what is the just the aspect of – I think people forget about this and just look at it from a sports standpoint, but the aspect of just leaving where you're at, 
there's a lot of people around you I'm sure you'd become friends with, become tight with, and and just saying, all right, guys, we're going off to, I'm guessing with COVID at the time, had you ever even stepped foot in uh, Columbia when, when you arrived to to actually, like, move in? <laughs> no, I had never even been here. The only, only thing that I saw was the videos that Coach Kimberly would send me. So, uh, I mean, leaving St. Francis was hard just as I formed a, formed a bond with so many people there, especially uh, – just my teammates and Coach Bacora. I mean, Coach Bacora was was my guy. That was my offensive coordinator. You know, I mean, we talked about everything together, whether it was football or not. And uh, just leaving them and and knowing that it was out of our control, just because just because of COVID. I mean, it was upsetting. But like I said before, I mean, everything works out for a reason. And Jason, since you've been here, one thing that's always struck me, you know, even before you got here, when people fans knew you were going to transfer here. You know, you kind of had a presence built up based on what you did at St. Francis. All the Gamecock fans were watching your film. You were pretty well known even before you got here. And so you've had a lot of media attention, right? Like even before you became the starter, you had interviews. Obviously, you've got opportunities like this here on Garnet Trust. How, how much media did you have to do at St. Francis? Like, did you do a lot of press conferences? Not really. Not really. Did you do a press con- Did y'all have like a media room? like? Were you doing press conferences? Did you just go on the field? Yeah, it was, it was mostly on the field. Like I have a couple. There's a couple of videos that are out there that, I mean, me and EJ are just sitting in our bleachers, talking. <laughs> with like with like one dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's very. What What have you thought of that? I mean, h- how much of an adjustment is that when you walk in like the media room in the ops building, and there's I don't know, fifteen, twenty people or whatever. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean. I've come, I mean, St. Francis, like I said, we were in the bleachers and there was there was one or two guys there, Max, to talk about just asking us questions. And then you walk into the media room and there's a podium. And <laughs> you look up and 25 people up in the seats just ready to ask you a question. Like, it's it's crazy just to think about where I come from and then, like, where I am now. It's just an un- unbelievable experience and I'm happy to be a part of it. So let's go on to the field as far as um... – the transition to SEC level, getting in in the spring. And, you know, I, I think from what I've heard at St. Francis, y'all are a little bit more of a true spread offense. This is a little bit more of a true uh, pro style, Wh- whatever that means these days. I know, you know, the definition of pro style is sort of ever-changing. But um, fr- from what we've been told, this is an offense that, like, can prepare you to be an NFL quarterback as far as, like, the checks and getting guys lined up. Um, the, the under center, y'all are, y'all are under center a pretty good bit. Um, I think we just lost Jason. Um, we will work to get him back. Uh, let's see. There we are. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. We got him back. Um, so Jason, I, I was saying, what, what has that process been like? Um, you know, you, you know, preparing in the spring and then going through all the, the, the summer, you've talked about it. Like we said, in the big media room, just sort of having to, Hang in there, battle, wait for your chance. But um, wh- how how much have you learned just on like that side, the scheme side, the on field side since you arrived? Now here you are, November. Um, you know the, all these eleven months, I guess. Um, I mean, I've learned a lot. Uh, I know a whole lot of fronts now compared to what I did. Coverages, <laughs> different ways that people play it, disguise it. I mean, I've learned. I've learned so much in these past however many months I've been here than I did my entire time I've played footballs from high school to when I was in St. Francis. So 
I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy the amount of information that you can learn at this level. Uh, it's kind of overwhelming at times, but I mean, I mean, that comes with it. If you want to be great, I mean, you got to learn those things. And I think I've done a good job of that recently. And uh, I just hope that I can continue to build my knowledge. Uh, that way I can be the best quarterback that I can be. Jason, f- physical tools question here for you before we get, you know, a little bit more into the mental side of the game. Uh, favorite throw. What, what's your best, what's your favorite throw or your best type of throw? Maybe, maybe that's the same thing. And then how far can you throw it? If, if I say, Line up on the goal line, chuck it. How far can you throw it? Uh, I would say my favorite throw easily. I love throwing a post, and uh, I can throw the ball 75 yards. 75. Chris, how far can you throw the ball? Um, <laughs> a, not, a, good, not really a good bit not. less than 75? Yeah, yeah. So, um, let, let's uh, – again, let, let's let's talk about the positive, man. Let's go Let's go back to that Florida game, your first start. Um. That so the ball you threw to Van, uh, kind of there were a couple of them, but I would say one of the signature plays of that game was the one where you sort of rolled out to your backside and uh, threw it up. I, I counted it about sixty-two yards, I think, in the air, and Van goes up and, and gets it. Um, what what's going through your mind? Like, are you are you processing that? Okay, there's a guy coming from my backside. I've got to spin off him. I've got to try to create some space. Then I'm, I'm all right. Where's my receivers at? Like it, are you, are you having to process all that information or is like instinct taking over at that point? What, what is it like to literally like be in the helmet on the field when you have an sec, he's at Florida, he's probably some big four-star defensive lineman or something bearing down on you. What, what is that moment like? And then what is it like when you see van go up, make the play, he pops up, he's all pumped up. Crowd is going nuts. Um, I'd say it's more instincts. Just you got to be able to feel that coming from the backside. And, uh, yeah, I would say instincts, definitely. And then just getting out of there and be able to make that throw and then seeing him go up and make that catch. I mean, I started celebrating and I got people on the sideline yelling at me to get the next play. Just because I was celebrating. I was celebrating like crazy with the rest of the team going down the field. And, uh, that was just a, that was a crazy feeling just because I had a play like that literally just like that to EJ at St. Francis. So it kind of brought back flashbacks for a quick second as well. And uh, that moment right there was when I was like, all right, I, I think that I could really play at this level, you know. One of the things that uh, Coach Beamer, really all the coaches and, and even teammates have said about you is, is you kind of hit on it too, like how much you've grown in terms of continuing to learn coverages, acclimating to a new style of offense. But when you look at your first – couple starts, Florida, Missouri, without giving away like game plan stuff. Obviously, we don't want you to do that. But when you kind of look at some things that you say, okay, this was good. Here's some stuff I need to improve on as an individual. You know, what have you seen kind of in your film study from the past couple weeks that are going to be points of emphasis for you as a player? Uh, I would say the biggest thing for me is not trying to spin out so much uh, to my backside. I think uh, – I think I get the feeling that just a little bit too much and I feel them crashing. And when I do, they kind of detach from the left tackle and that allows him to get on me quicker. So I think I just have to, I mean, people are going to game plan for that now. And I know that, I mean, in the SEC, we got the best D coordinators in the nation in this league. So I know they're going to plan for that now. So now I just really have to work on not 
relying on that move as much and working up in the pocket and escaping to my right or stepping up and escaping to the left underneath of that high rush just to give myself more time to make a throw, you know. Yeah, could you sense that looking back that uh, Missouri had probably seen that that play and then they're they're starting to say, okay, that that's that's one of his moves, that's one of his go tos. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and I think I did it a few too many times that game, which got us in trouble, which created some pressures and that weren't the O line's fault. That was my fault, just because I would escape, like I said, he detached from the from the left tackle and. It would look like I was running for my life, but it was it was completely my fault for that. And uh, like I said, I just got to do a better job at that because I know people are going to game plan. I know they adjusted for it because they started rushing high just on that side. So I just got to do a better job of that and stepping up and making a play. I think, Jason, it was on – I think it was on Saturday's broadcast, going back and watching that, they were talking about you adjusting to, you know, from going from not huddling and things like that to huddling, calling plays out. What's kind of your style with your teammates when you're, um, you know, when you're when you're calling plays out in the huddle, um, and when you're, you know, just your leadership style? Wes, did we lose Jason again? Thank yeah, you. Yeah, he'll he'll hop back on. I'm sure in a second. I, uh, <laughs> I, I think I think Jason's friends have seen that he's he's live right now, and they're blowing up his his phone. Is what it is. Oh, oh no, what's wrong with my phone? That must be it. But yeah, Jason, I I don't know if he. I don't know if you caught the entire question there, but basically just what's kind of your style of leadership kind of on the sideline with your teammates in the huddle? Are you more of a vocal guy? Or are you just kind of calling the play and getting it done? Or are you more of a, a vocal encouraging type guy? Or what's that style like? Uh, I'm more of a vocal and encouraging guy, definitely, especially when we're on the sideline. I mean, if you if you guys ever see me on the sideline, I mean, after every drive, I go down and dap up every single person on the sideline, whether it's offense or defense just to tell them we're good or if something bad's happening, just tell them we're good, next play, things like that. Just to encourage them so they stay in the game, locked in, you know. Yeah, Co- Coach Beamer has has mentioned several times this quarterback room that you guys have and sort of how, how you all supported each other. Um, pro- probably one of the few places in the country where three different, you know, guys have, have started this year. Um, three different guys have actually won football games uh, as starters, which uh, there can't be many teams that have, that can say that right now. How how has it been just being in that room with with a bunch of guys who seem to, I don't know how to say it, man. Just they they seem to pull the rope all in the same direction. Like y'all seem to support each other. You know, Luke's a high energy guy. Uh, Colton, you know, Zeb goes from being a coach to a player, and now he's almost kind of a coach on the sideline. It looks like he's got the headset on. What what's the dynamic? Give us a little insight on the dynamic in the room during the week on the sidelines, all that good stuff, man. Uh. What I like is there's not any complaining that comes from that group, whether you're playing or not. Like you won't catch you won't catch Zeb complaining that he's not starting anymore. Like you never caught me complaining. You won't catch Luke, Colton, any of those guys complaining because they just want to see the team win. So and I think that's huge because I know there's a lot of I'm sure there's a lot of quarterback rooms that are that always hold that grudge because they're not playing. You know what I'm saying? So I think uh, just seeing the love that they have, like that we have for one another, is huge. And uh, I'm grateful for that because I got here and they took me in like I had been here for four years, the four years that I've been in college. So just seeing them, those guys are very caring and they love what they do. Like we're all upstairs right now watching the film. So to to hit on Shane Beamer again, uh, something that's discussed a lot is his positivity. You know, so as a player, 
you know, one thing to back up, one thing that we've all noticed about this team is win or lose, however it's going on the field. One thing that can't really be questioned, this team has continued playing hard, you know, even in the, you know, the Tennessee and Texas A&M games, Jason's gone again. I guess we'll get him back here momentarily. Uh, even, <laughs> even in a, Jason, even in the Tennessee and A&M games, the Missouri game, you're down 17. The comeback falls short, but the team's still playing hard in all phases of the game. And Shane Beamer, this has been talked about a lot, very positive guy, like publicly. Yeah. What do you think about that as a player? Like, does that make a difference to you that you have a coach in Shane Beamer that keeps things really positive? Like, does that make an impact on the team and maybe even how you guys play? Yeah, absolutely. Just because – uh, I mean, you don't you don't feed well off negative energy. So uh, I think the more positive that everybody can be, especially him being the head coach, uh, I think that definitely helps us a lot just mentally uh, and preparing for a new preparing for a new opponent or after a game if a game doesn't go so well for us. I mean, just knowing that he's positive and and truly like we know that he truly wants to coach us and there isn't a, there isn't a team that he'd rather that he'd rather coach in the nation. He tells us that every single day. And uh, I think everybody on this team actually believes that. It's not like just one of those coaches going up and being like, yeah, I, I wouldn't rather coach another team in the nation. But really, in the back of their mind, they're thinking they, they would want to. But <laughs> I think I think everybody truly feels that with him. And uh, we're grateful for that. And we just want to go out there and execute and play for him as hard as we can. Jason, let, let's talk about these final two games. Um, do, uh, do you guys let yourself think about uh, – Bowl eligibility, the fact you need another dub. He's shaking his head no for those who uh, aren't seeing. So, what um, what do you think? Uh, and you can say you can answer this from like a team perspective or a personal, however you want to answer. Um, what will be the key to these final two games? I know y'all y'all are back at home. Both night games should be great atmospheres. Uh, you know, with the the Gamecock fan base. What what, what do you see as the key to these final two games and, and finishing this season the way that all of you hope to? Uh, we just got to come out and play with great intensity, and we have to execute. Like uh, Saturday, Missouri, I mean, we didn't execute, and we didn't play as well as we hoped to. So uh, we just got to come out like we did Florida. Like Florida, we had our least amount of miss, uh, miss assignments that we've had all year, which was tremendous. And I think that's what really helped us win. And we were we were locked in and focused. We had great weeks of practice. I mean, we just have to continue that and really know what we're, really know what we're supposed to do so we don't have many MAs. And we just go out there and play freely and play with confidence and – I think we'll be all right. Jason, I got a couple more uh, for you on my end, man, before we let you run. One of them is, I wanted to ask you about one of your teammates who had a really strong performance against Missouri and just kind of get your take on him. What's it like playing with Saquandre White? I mean, the guy has tons of energy, uh, big, oh big play. Yeah, you say, oh, my God. Yeah, tell, tell us about his energy level, him as a player, what it's like <laughs> teammates with them. He doesn't just have energy off the field, like – off the field he has the same amount of energy like you would think he he's on so much caffeine it's ridiculous like he he's one of those guys that just brings everything that he does like we're in the meetings the other day talking about the game and he's just over there just being him uh I mean it's great just seeing him get his opportunity now and he I mean he's making the most of it I mean he's the first guy I mean he about makes miss every single time and he's, uh, he makes plays when he has the ball in his hands, and we just got to continue to give him the ball and watch him work. Do y'all feed off that a little bit, Jason? Definitely. He uh, So uh, it, it, se- it seemed to me like, man, y'all um, 
y'all recaptured the momentum in, in that Missouri game. It kind of felt like if y'all could got maybe one more break and, and gotten the ball back, like for whatever reason, after the second to last touchdown, before the Brad Johnson interception, mm-hmm. it, it felt like everything shifted. Did, did the momentum, could y'all feel that on the sideline Saturday? I think everybody on that sideline, if we could have got one more stop and got the ball back, I think everybody on that sideline believed that we were going to win that game. And uh, I mean, it didn't happen that way, but that's definitely how everybody was feeling, just with how the how the vibe changed on the sideline after after that touchdown to Zaquandre. Uh, I mean, the the vibe on the sideline just completely changed. Everybody was positive. Everybody was up cheering on the defense, and we got the pick. Then we went down there and scored again. And if we could have got the ball back one more time, I think we definitely could have won that game. I lied, Jason. I, I came up with one more based off that, um, and, and I have another one after that. D- despite losing that, and I know that was a tough one, despite losing the Missouri game, two big opportunities coming up at home, do you feel like there's still like a lot of belief in the locker room right now, even coming off that tough loss and some other tough ones this season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this team won two games last year. We've – almost tripled that. So uh, I think we're definitely going in the right direction. And everybody believes that, I mean, the only thing that we can't play for is the SEC championship. Everything we still want is still right in front of us. And we talk about that every day, like in our meetings. So everything that we still want is right in front of us. We just got to go capture it and play well and everything will work out. Chris, this is my final one, and uh, then I'll let you hit one. We'll let Jason get out of here. Uh, so, again, like I said earlier, this is presented by Garnet Trust. Uh Garnet Trust is looking to be able to connect Gamecock student-athletes with businesses, with fans. So I wanted to ask you, Jason, uh, for one, how, how does that sound to have a new uh, way to maybe connect players with uh, business opportunities? And what what has NIL meant for you um, as far as just having new opportunities, uh, you know, as a person to maybe be able to capitalize on, uh, on your name, image, likeness, which is kind of silly that that wasn't, the case before but how has that been what what has that been like for you being I mean this is the first year it's ever happened that's kind of groundbreaking for you to be able to be a part of that um it's new of course I mean it's I mean I'm still trying to learn everything about it um but it's nice to be able to get your name out there and be able to be able to make a little money off of that you know instead of just having the NCAA make money off your name you know so Mm -hmm. nice and uh it's about time, I mean, it's good that it finally happened. And uh, you just try not to let it be a distraction during the season as much as you can, you know, because you have so many other things to focus on, especially at this level. But uh, it's definitely nice knowing that you can you can get your name out there for fans or businesses or companies and things like that, and you can make money off of that now. Well said. I think particularly when you put it like that, that it's nice that the actual athlete that's producing the uh, entertainment or whatever it may be, instead of just the NCAA. My last one, Wes, ending on a light note, don't know if you have one, it's putting you on the spot. We've all seen the water boy, the Roberto impression. Any other impressions that you have, you can just tell us about them. You can even debut one for the people if you want, or you can tell us about them. Uh, I don't think I have any more that I could do other than uh, Coach Demo. That's about it. I have the day that one for him all the time he loves it but let's let's hear that one if if we can if it's not gonna get you in too much trouble uh my favorite one is y'all probably saw the video he was at the hall of fame with calvin johnson and he just go game cucks that one that's my favorite one right there <laughs> that's, a, that's pretty good 
That's pretty good. Oh man, he he nailed it, and then he dropped the mic and walked off. I think, but um, man, they, uh, <laughs> but I, 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 hey, we thought we thought you just dropped the mic on that one, man. <laughs> I thought Demo heard me and kicked me off my phone. <laughs> I might have. He might he might be outside the door right now, man. Yeah. Um, man, good stuff. Uh, do do you work on like is that is that just something you like doing working on uh, impersonations and stuff, or it's just kind of a just a natural gift? <laughs> I just do. Cool. I worked on my a little bit though. Here, man. Okay, I got you, man. I got you. Uh Jason, man, we, we've enjoyed it. We appreciate you taking the time. Um, hopefully we can do one of these again sometime, man. But obviously, uh, we, we wish you all the success the rest of the way. Um, let us know if you need anything on, on GamecockCentral.com. Again, we appreciate the Garnet Trust and uh we'll, we'll let you get back to it, man. But but thanks again. Yes, sir. Thank you. No problem. All right, yep. That's Jason Brown, quarterback. Uh, appreciate him joining us. Uh check out our all of our interviews on GamecockCentral.com. If you missed the beginning, you can actually go back, Chris. They can watch it on YouTube. They can watch it on Facebook. They can watch it on probably not Twitter anymore, but download our po- any of our podcast stuff. Subscribe on there. Just like GC Live, you can catch it pretty much everywhere. And Chris, um, JB just got out of here, but I wanted to ask you, man. Garnet Trust launches today. Yeah. Lots of people. There's actually a lot of people still in here watching. A lot of them are probably saying, "What is Garnet Trust?" Um, <laughs> That's right. So you can you can go to garnettrust.com. You can go to at the Garnet Trust on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. But um, tell them what the Garnet Trust means, Chris. Well, I, I'd put sum it up this way, Wes. A lot of fans and a lot of business owners have been wondering how, how do you capitalize on name image likeness? If you're a business owner, you know, Hey, what is NIL? Like, what are the rules? What's legal to do for fans? Is there any way to connect with student athletes and be able to help them out in a legal compliant fashion while getting access to content? The answer to all that is an organization like Garnet Trust can do it. Uh, It's compliant. It's been vetted by attorneys, um, all that good stuff. And so basically uh, if you're a Garnet Trust supporter, you can s- support at a variety of levels. Just go to GarnetTrust.com, click on the Contribute to Garnet Trust button. Uh, you can go there and support at any level. You're going to get access to you. First of all, you're going to help fund opportunities like the one we just did with Jason, which is cool content, helps out the student athletes. Um, and also, you're going to get access to other exclusive Garnet Trust supporter things. We're going to do raffles, text messages from players, a lot of really cool stuff. If you're a business owner and you have questions about how to work with athletes, obviously we got a great platform at GamecockCentral.com to feature your business and leverage the power of South Carolina student athletes. No doubt. Good stuff, Chris. Uh, thank you to Jason Brown for joining us for our inaugural Garnet Trust sponsored interview. I'm Wes Mitchell. He's Chris Clark. Go to GamecockCentral.com. Go to GarnetTrust.com. And we'll see, the, we'll see you all on GC Live. Appreciate the time. We'll see you soon. Thank you.